What's going on, everybody? It is time for December, what is today? December 20th. This is episode number eight of the Go Figures podcast and show. Welcome. Thank you for being here. It's uh, It's been, boy, it's been a crazy uh, last few days from last Thursday to Tuesday. There's been a lot that has happened to you, a lot that's gone down. And uh, we are still baiting for... For the baby, but the baby's coming coming any day now, right? Yeah, I might have to check my watch and make sure I'm not getting the call yeah, or the text because it so was Friday. If, if Ty gets called and he has to run out, it's because baby number two is on the way, and uh, he and Marie have got to run to the hospital. So we're going to be on the lookout for that. Uh, we got uh, all the notifications ready in case that happens, and, and we'll try and continue if it does. So today's uh, topics, transcendent topic number one here is we want to make 2023 your breakthrough year. So we're actually giving you guys a sneak peek of our special free business planning workshop that's taking place tomorrow evening at uh, eight o'clock Eastern time. And guys, that link is in the notes. You can click on that link and register for free. Space is limited. We are already up to 250 uh, registered business owners for that workshop. So that's going to be an amazing uh, workshop. Excited to get everybody's engagement and learn together so we can create a 2023 business plan. We want to give you guys a sneak peek of the 2023 uh, business plan training. So we're going to talk about six keys to creating a killer business plan in 2023. That's right. And then to, to dive right into our money topic, we're going to talk about five business owner trends heading into 2023. And it's a uh, I'm excited about this one. Uh, there's yeah. some very insightful things in there. Yeah, some uh, interesting trends, trends that are going to affect you. We know the audience, uh, you guys are business owners just like us. You're trying to build something special for your family, for your company. You want to make 2023 a breakthrough year. So these are trends that you want to be aware of as a business owner so you can put the odds in your favor. And the sports section, uh, again, is, is broken down into two segments. Uh, segment number one, we've got uh, the World Cup final. And uh, hopefully you guys uh, were up on a Sunday morning. That was an epic World Cup Finals. We're going to talk a little bit about that. The Argent, uh, Ar Argentina-France Final. Messi versus Mbappe. I had not uh, watched much on Mbappe and, and uh, didn't know a lot about him. And frankly, even though I know Messi's been the man in soccer for so many times, I, I hadn't watched him live very much over the years. So it was fascinating for someone who's not uh, super knowledgeable about soccer, but you know, I've got a 13 year old who plays premier soccer, you know, 365 days out of the year. I learned a lot, but it was an amazing game. And even for a lot of fans who, oh, soccer is just so boring. I, I feel like that, what, that game delivered on a lot of levels. So we'll talk about that. Yeah. And then uh, week 15 in the NFL was pretty wild. So uh, that was it was a good weekend for sports. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, and it's it's crunch time now. There's so yeah, many teams right on the bubble. This is a uh, my favorite time of the year with football. Oh, man, a lot of yeah. Christmas Eve games that have huge playoff implications coming up here. Yeah, as uh, as Scott, the announcer for uh, NFL Network on uh, the Red Zone, always says, it's the witching hour, which he always says <laughs> happens. You know, from from like uh, three thirty to four thirty Eastern Standard Time every Sunday, but uh, the witching hour is now. In the NFL, where people are making and breaking their season, people are getting fired or they're getting a contract extension. It is a crazy time, so a lot to talk about there. Uh, there was uh, the biggest comeback ever. We'll talk definitely about that. Still, some fun things going on. And our mindset section, we're going to be breaking down the perhaps the greatest investor of all time, uh, the myth, the legend, the man Warren Buffett, 92 years old, and uh, one of his uh, common. Uh, ideas, strategies is to be greedy 
when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. And we've kind of seen that on display the last years. We're going to talk about how true that is, whether it's always true, what we've seen over the past two years, and what you can take away from that concept going into 2023. That's right. And then our family piece, we're going to talk about the most important truths that you need to teach your children to, uh, to really set them up for success. Super important. I mean, we're, we're business owners, but we're parents. We want to have successful children. And the worst thing you can have is, is entitled kids. And uh, it's amazing how that can happen if you don't teach them the right values, principles, concepts, you know, while they're young. And one of these teachings in particular, I believe, is super pivotal to creating successful children so that they are independent. Otherwise, they're going to be staying home until they're 30, and that's not a good idea. So that's our family segment. And our politics slash freedom segment, super interesting, uh, according to a very intelligent uh, Japanese economic study research think tank, uh, they are projecting that actually China's economy will not be number one, will not be overtaking the U.S. economy. So we're excited to dive into that article and why they believe that to be the, the case. That's right. And then to wrap things up, we just want to remind everyone to uh, talk about the keys of, of building a 2023 business plan that, that dominates and then invite everyone to our big event. It sounds like we already have a few hundred people signed up and we're going to break down some really, really massive game changers for you when it comes to creating a business plan for you and for your life. And it's free. We're going to be giving away the the business plan workshop slides. We've got a business plan template. And even if you're, you know, a solopreneur and you're just looking to get your money right and do some some side hustle stuff on the side, uh, or, you know, a big, uh, you know, entrepreneur with dozens, if not a hundred plus employees, this is going to be an effective training so that you can add the right emotional drivers, logical action-taking steps, and really give yourself a chance to have a breakthrough year in 2023. So that, my friends, is what's on the docket for today, episode number eight, December 20th, 2022. Welcome to the Go Figure podcast, created for parents and business owners who want to get their money right. My name's Leo Cannell. As a husband and father of five, I've been fortunate to create two eight-figure businesses in the fintech space. This podcast will share the values, principles, strategies, tools, and tactics that have helped us to build a fintech empire and provide an epic life for our family. Having been a parent and entrepreneur for 20 years, there's a lot I don't know. There's been a lot of failure. The good news is together, we'll find solutions to creating an epic life powered by a business that we love. Year is just about up. We've got 11 days left in 2022, 11 days left in the month. And again, this is a time where a lot of people take their foot off the pedal and they have amazing things happen and then all of a sudden Thanksgiving happens and family time happens and they lose focus. They don't put in the effort. Uh, it's not to say that you shouldn't be taking time off to be with your family. You should, but there's a lot of downtime there. There's only so much that you're doing and there, there's an opportunity for reading. There's an opportunity for putting together your 2023 business plan. And so we're going to definitely talk a lot about that today. So let's jump right into it. So our transcendent topic is how to make 2023 your breakthrough year. And so the first thing we want to talk about, and uh, John, we've got a little uh, slideshow if you want it, just a one one pager there, and, and you can kind of click on it uh, one thing at a time there. But we basically got uh, six keys to a killer 2023 business plan. Key number one is you want to take multiple days uh, to really 
you know, think through the details of your 2023 business plan. A lot of the times we treat a business plan just like a, a homework assignment. A homework assignment, we just want to get done. I'm going to do it in a half hour and just knock it out so I can say I did my 2023 business plan. And every time I've done that, I've never looked at it beyond maybe the first two weeks of January. I don't follow through with it. It's not well thought out. There's not any emotional connection to it. There's just not enough details. Uh, Ty, what's your take on on how much time someone should really think about uh, putting together for their business plan? You know, I, I don't necessarily think there's like a set timeline, but I, I think that that's something that you should constantly be thinking about. Yeah. And the important thing that I've really worked on lately, Leo, is as these thoughts come to mind, they have to be written down. Like oh, as much good. as you think, oh, I'll think about this when it comes to the end of Q4 and we're going to do our business planning meeting, but I won't. When it really comes down to it, find a special spot in a journal or a, a notepad where you jot down notes and things that you definitely want to discuss and game plan for. But I, that's something that I've been thinking about all year long, and I have a handful of things that we didn't maybe resolve throughout the year that we definitely need to bring to the table when it comes time. So I would always be thinking about that, but definitely at this point, um, if you haven't thought about that yet, I would spend at least a minimum of a week really sitting down and, and gathering your thoughts. Cause if it's a good decision today, it'll be a good decision tomorrow, but don't do anything knee jerk. That's, that's so true. Sometimes what seems like a good idea, I'll wait 24 hours, look back at two, three days from now and be like, Oh, that actually isn't that great of an idea. Or like you said, oh, actually that, that is, that's a powerful idea. That's going to be really helpful for our business. And sometimes these ideas come to you when you're in the shower, you're working out, you're driving, you're oh, I need to get this idea in writing or I'm going to forget about it. So what I'll do is I'll just, uh, you know, pull my iPhone and, and I will send myself a, a, an audio text or just a, you know, text, a, text, a audio to text, text message to myself. And I've got, I'll send it from my personal phone to my business phone, and then I'll get that notification in my business email, and I'll have it right there, and then I can copy and paste it to a Google document, or I can write it down in uh, in my goal and, and my vision book, and that way it lives on there, it's notified, and, and I have to deal with it, and I'm not going to forget it, about it, and if I don't do that, nine times out of ten, I'll forget about it. Yeah. Absolutely. Every time. So really, really good uh, thoughts there. All right. Number two, dream big and think in doubles, a.k.a. 100% annual growth. A lot of the times we come into it and we're like, well, let's see, the most I've ever made is is 50000 or or 100000 or the most my business has ever done in sales is 500000 You're like, I'm going to grow from 500000 to a $5 million business and you know, three months into 2023, yeah, you're on pace to do a little bit better than 500,000. And you've put such an out far target that is so far beyond what you've ever done. The odds of you achieving that are very low. But what I found to be successful in my business planning and our business planning tie is, is let's, let's put together, if you can grow by 100% or even 50% continuously every single year in a decade, amazing things will happen. And there's a quote by uh, Bill Gates, and I don't love Bill Gates by any means, but I love this quote by him. And it's basically a lot of people overestimate what they can do in one year, but they underestimate what you can do in 10. And so I think that's a super powerful concept. If you can grow by 50 to 100% every single year, personally, as a business owner, you'll be in a wonderful spot five to 10 years from now. 
Yeah, I agree. There's there's got to be a fine line, right? If if your goals are way 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 too far fetched and totally unachievable, then you're going to reach that point where ah, it's not even going to happen. You're going to settle. Yeah. You're going to slip back into your habits. But at the same time, if your goals are way too achievable you'll realize, oh, man, I'm on pace for these goals. I'm shattering these goals. And you'll get lackadaisical and you'll slip from your, your habits that you created. So you need to push yourself by all means. Like you, you've really got to push yourself and, and create stretch goals. But don't make them too far-fetched that they're impossible. And you've got to be real with yourself when it comes to that. Yeah, it brings to mind, uh, who's the dude that started uh, CNN and he owned the Atlanta Braves? Turner's his last name. I can't remember his first name. Oh, I can't think the of it The billionaire. Right uh, amazing entrepreneur, but his dad was really successful, and his dad basically had this goal to make, you know, get his net worth up to ten million dollars, and he did by the age of forty-five or fifty or something. And then he didn't keep setting new goals for himself. He didn't keep dreaming big, and he basically drunk himself to death within five years after achieving that. And so, and so the so this guy's like, oh, I'm not going to let that happen to me. So he kept setting bigger goals and getting more mentors and always learning. And so that's that's a key because if you don't have big goals and they're just little goals, all of a sudden you achieve them and you just you'll stop because you didn't have a big enough vision, you didn't have a big enough dream. So that's that's important. The next one here is include logical actions and emotional drivers. I've been guilty way too often of it's just logical. I need to do this. This step leads to this. Here's the numerical, you know, top line revenue or bottom line net profits or personal income goals and I just have these these numbers that are out there and at the end of the day numbers as much as we think are sexy they don't get us super excited but if there's an emotional thing like when I achieve this you know Jill and I are going to this awesome you know resort that's a thousand dollars a night in in Playa del Carmen and we're going to do that or we're going to go to you know 10 NFL games live this year or we're going to you know, make this kind of uh, get these uh, cash flow investments, something that there's some emotional thing that you're working towards. And if you don't have that emotional, you know, driver, then you're missing out on a big piece that can help you succeed. Yeah, it's it's like mentors always talk about is finding your why and keeping that yes. that why in mind. And, yes. you know, having logical, including logical actions to me is when I set this big goal, like we always talk about, we need to break that down into micro goals, right? If my goal oh, yeah. is to save $100,000 this year, okay, well, then how much do I need to save every quarter? How much do I need to save every month? How much do I need to save every week? How much do I need to save every day? And then based on that, how much do I need to work? How many people do I need to close? Like break it down into little micro goals every single day so that you can hold yourself accountable and find what logical actions need to be taken. And then like you said, don't just have that big picture. I get rewarded if I hit it at the end of the year. Reward yourself for the monthly goal. Reward yourself for the quarterly goal. Make sure that you're staying motivated and excited throughout the life of that big picture goal. And some other uh, you know, entrepreneurs, mentors who have had done really well at these business planning is, is they've also suggested instead of you know, just sticking to, you know, I want to you know, have this amount of revenue, this amount of profits, I want to save this amount of money, Break it down into how many people you need to help. And like you said, micro goals on a daily basis. Well, I need to help this many clients to achieve these results for them. And if I do that, then that's going to help me achieve my business goals. All right, next we've got uh, learn the nine business planning pillars. These are nine pillars to building that business plan. We're going to be going over those. 
Uh, schedule when you're going to complete your business plan because you, you want to be thinking about it. And it's not like you're 24 hours a day, you, you know, you're just sitting there researching. I mean, no, you, that, that's not what we're talking about, but, but you, you're, you're focused on it. You know, you're, you're at an activity, you're doing something, you think about it, you're, you're working out, you're, um, whatever you're doing, you, ideas come to you, you write them down, and, and that's key to success. But then you actually do have to schedule. All right, once I've thought about it and gone through, then I actually have to schedule the time where I'm actually going to write it down and type it out. And last but not least, uh, look at it. Here's, here's how you'll know if you actually created a great business plan. It's something that you look at all year long. And, and two years ago, Ty, when we had, we had a huge breakthrough, our business did almost uh, 150% growth year over year. And one of the keys I feel that helped us do that is we had these goals and the business plan, it was everywhere. I had it on my whiteboard at home. I had it on, we had it on our whiteboard in our office. We had it on our computer screens. We had it everywhere on our phones. Like we were constantly looking at it, reviewing it in our weekly meetings. And that's, I think, why we achieved it. And so if you have a business plan that's everywhere, and you look at it, and it doesn't mean you're going to definitely have some pivots, adjustments. Yeah, I mean, uh, for instance, last year, we were going to launch this money app to help entrepreneurs get their money right. And at first, it was called the Seven Figures app. And people were like, why is it called the Seven Figures app? I'm managing, like, my money. I'm going through my bank accounts, my cards, my loans, my investments. Like, why is it? I, I don't get it. And so then that led us to think halfway through the year, well, that's right. Maybe we need a better name that actually makes sense. And then you found this awesome website. Yeah, we're just constantly thinking, dreaming, visioning what this is about. And I happen, all right, everything in our business is, you know, seven figures, land figures, whatever it may be. And I just happen to find my figures because it's my money, my financials, yes. myfigures.com. So yes. it went right in line with what we do. And you go to myfigures.com, you can manage your finances, track your money, create budgets, set financial goals. So it, it just falls right in line with what we're doing there. No, but I awesome. I agree with what you said, Leo. I think one of the big things that we did that year that led to massive growth is, yes, we sat down and we created a business plan and we had financial goals and how many people we were going to serve and all the analytics. But what we did for our team is you and I sat down and said, okay, what are the core values and principles that we need to live by as a team, as an office to achieve these goals? And we decided that we were going to 100% do what we said we were going to do. We were going to treat every lead like our family, right? We set those four pillars and we printed them on a big poster, whatever that fabric was, yeah. and we gave it to every single employee and had them all put it in their office, in their cube, so that they looked at it every single day. And I don't know about you, but for me, there was dozens and dozens of times where it's like five o'clock, I've got someone on my calendar, they don't qualify for funding, but I told them I would call them and... I'm ready to leave, but I look at the wall and I see that do what you say you're going to do. And it's like, you know what? I committed to this. I'm going to yeah. call them. And you find a partner. They have a spouse with good credit. So it's that extra push yes. of accountability. Makes all the difference in the world. Well, guys, we're super excited to see you for the business plan training workshop. Again, the, uh, uh, the registration link is just right there in the bottom of the video notes here. So click on that. Uh, get registered. Excited to see you there, guys. Let's transition to our money topic. So, uh, let's see, five business owner trends heading into 2022. And this is a Yahoo Money story here. So very interesting here. 
Uh, story uh, presented uh, by our good friends. It's a nationwide design your site, even though we're not, they're not a paid sponsor, but they're showing up. So five business owner trends uh, that are showing up observations heading into 2023. Number one, business conditions for their own company will continue to be favorable, even though most economists think that there's going to be a bigger recession in 2023, meaning actual more job losses than job creation. Unemployment's going to go up. Uh, probably the, the housing market, real estate stock market are going to you know struggle to see growth, probably see a little bit more pullback. But most small business owners believe that their company is going to continue to do well. Why do you think they believe that, Ty? I think that's how entrepreneurs are wired to think. I, I think that you wouldn't be in business if you didn't have confidence in your business and think that it was going to be favorable. And from what I've been seeing a lot, of, you know, with these potential recessions and whatnot going on, it, it's going to be very, very based on where you live in the U.S. Oh, yeah. Like, obviously, the recession is going to hit other places harder, but a lot of economists don't think Utah is going to fill it at all. So it, it, a lot of it has to do with where you live and the type of industry. We've got a lot of fintech here, whereas different places that are very reliant on the mortgage industry are probably going to suffer. So oh, yeah. it, it's an interesting topic, though. But yeah, that that's my thought, is obviously entrepreneurs have confidence in their business. No question about it. And, and there's two ways you can look at this. You can look at this... Um, where, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you're a believer in what you do. You know that you have control over things, and that's one of the big differences between uh, successful people and those that uh, are not successful is the successful person believes they have a certain amount of control. You have things under your control. You might not be able to control, you know, every aspect of an industry or everything that's going on in the world. You can't control what's going on in the White House. You can't control what's going on in Ukraine. But you know what you can control? You can control what happens in your office. You can control what happens in your home. You can control what happens in your mind. And those are the decisions that you make as a business owner. And so when you make those, you put the odds in your favor when you realize you have control and that you're doing everything possible to get the outcomes that you want, that your team wants, and you've built, built uh, your company on successful values and principles and you have those up, and we are definitely going to do that again this year. We're going to have those printed out. We're going to pass them out to everybody, and we're going to think carefully as to what those uh, values and principles should be. And it's always great, too, if your team is all working towards a bigger goal, a bigger why as well. And so I think having that is, is super impactful, whether that's a company trip or you know, a big, uh, a big target for the company to, to hit, something like that. Uh, the second uh, business owner trend is the U.S. economic conditions will continue to make operations difficult for businesses. Uh, so again, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's obvious uh, that there could be some job losses, there could be slowdown, and a lot of that is due to the Fed continues to raise rates. And if rates go up, that affects, you know, mortgages, that, that affects real estate, that affects solar businesses that affects car car dealerships all these different uh you know business uh, industries that are affected by rates that are very rate sensitive they're going to be impacted yeah i didn't realize how much that would impact the solar industry my yeah, my brother's very involved in solar and he said that his his cost of financing a solar deal since all of this stuff's gone on with the real estate uh industry and whatnot it's nearly tripled Oh, my god! And so it's making it almost impossible to even make commissions on these deals from what he's saying. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. So, I mean, if it's tripled, then where before you could present as a solar company, hey, this is actually going to save you money. Worst case, it's going to be, 
you know, break even, but hey, you're going to be, uh, you know, having better energy and, and you're going to not be powered by, by coal, but by solar. So you're helping the planet, which are all good things. But at the end of the day, now, now, oh, well, actually, it's not going to save you money. It's going to cost you quite a bit. That well, makes it difficult. Here's what's crazy. So what, the way he broke it down, the way I understood yeah. it is like, it's making solar cost so much more because ultimately they're having to jack up the price because say it's yeah. a $50,000 system, the finance company is going to give the client 2.99% for 30 years, but they're going to go to the solar company and say, yeah, we'll do this, but 30% of it's ours. Like they're literally keeping 30% wow. to finance it for these yeah. solar companies, which is wild. That is crazy, crazy, crazy. All right, then the next thing here is that uh, operations will continue to shift toward in-person or hybrid instead of full-time remote. So, you know, remember like in May of 2020 when all these, uh, you know, writers for Inc.com or Entrepreneur.com are like, oh, remote to work is the best thing ever. And now everybody's going to just do remote work and it's going to be great. And people are so much more productive working from home. And, and that bullshit like story continued on for a lot of 2020 and then 2021 and 2022 started to come along. And all of a sudden, that didn't seem to be the case. And then you had guys like Elon Musk saying, oh, that remote work stuff, it's over. We're not doing that anymore. It's not as effective. Now, we've got guys and, and gals on our team that do work remote, and they do a wonderful job of it uh, because they don't live anywhere near the office or, you know, whatever circumstance. So it's not that there, there are, of course, exceptions to the rule. But overall, like, that's, that's the thought. What's, what's your thought on remote versus in-person? Yeah, we, we talked about this in one of our, our early podcasts. And I personally think not everyone, like you said, but if I had yeah. to put a number on it, I would say maybe 10% of the workforce it's can small. effectively yeah. work from home and not have a massive drop-off. But vast majority of people that say, oh, I work from home, I work better from home. Yeah, bullshit. Like, that's just Most your excuse because you want to Most play Xbox while you're pitching your client. Yeah, like, you're on Xbox, you're doing a home project. You keep going back and forth to the refrigerator. Uh, you know, you you your mind goes other places. Like it's really difficult for 90 percent of us to do it and do it well. And and so I can think of our team of, of thirty five people. I can think of two people that do it really well. I can think of Jada, who lives in North Carolina, so you can't be at the office. Does an amazing job uh, working remotely. And I, th I think of of Steve, who does a great job. Um, working remotely and for most of us we need to be in the office to be effective yeah absolutely especially in sales you that that energy that camaraderie yes, i think real. maybe you can do it semi-effectively from home but your performance would be stronger if you got in that office all right the next uh, trend here is mid-market businesses will hire more employees and have concerns over current workers quiet quitting you will but i feel like there's been a transition for the last year, it's been, oh, the great resignation, and everybody's quitting their jobs and taking a higher-paying job elsewhere, and they're pitting their employers against each other, and loyalty is out the window, and uh, the value you try to deliver to your employees doesn't even matter because someone just goes and pays your, you know, your employee a little bit more money, and I feel like that's going to really turn in 2023. You're going to see more layoffs and job losses, and those employees who were loyal, who stuck with you through thick and thin during the pandemic are going to be rewarded. And those that were jumping all over the place are going to be the first to be let go because they were not loyal. They did not possess the values and principles and they pitted employers against each other and tried to take advantage of that situation. Yeah. I, I think the biggest thing you can do is as business owners and, and managers with this is 
you can spot that very, very early on. Oh, yeah. Typically, like we have multiple times, you can even spot that in the interview. But once you do make the decision, it's not about giving them the Xboxes and the TVs and getting the VC money to give them the, the Traeger grills. But if you genuinely can show your employees that you care about their well-being, that you love them, that you want a brighter future for them, then you're going to get the right employees sticking around. And that's what really matters. And I think we've even seen that in our business. There were a couple culture fits that yep. we spotted early on and they're, they're not here anymore. But for the vast majority, our turnover is very, very, very low because we've created a family culture. I think sometimes we flirt with, with boundaries there, but I think we're very, very good about maintaining a family culture in the workplace. And our team knows that we actually genuinely love them and care about them. And at the end of the day, it's the results. Like, are we helping our team? Are you helping your team to make more money than they did the year before, to make more progress, to learn? Are you in investing in training and creating opportunities for them to grow, to do new things within the business that can create value for them and new skill sets? And that's what I'm super proud of is, is I look at some of our, our early guys that started with us who have just grown tremendously and uh, – you know, immediately, I think uh, I think of Ben and Austin, who started with us from day one. They were working from home when we didn't have an office. And uh, just to see their growth and so many members of our team who have grown and uh, you know made more money every single year and become more confident and learned more skills, like that is incredibly satisfying and, and worth starting a business all by itself to see people grow. Like and that. being transparent with them. I, I think that's such an important thing for your employees because there's no doubt with both of those two that you just talked about, in the early phases, there were jobs, big tech yeah. jobs here in Lehigh that they could have gone and got and got massive bases right away and made a lot more money. But they they believed in us and they believed in the bigger picture and what we were creating and they, they stuck through it because of that love and that trust and that faith and that transparency that we provided, and it's definitely paying off at this point. But I think it's so important that you're transparent with your, t- your team. No question. And, the, and those are the people that you go to war with, you go to battle with, that, that you build something from nothing to an eight-figure business that's just incredibly exciting. All right, the final trend is in 2023, businesses will struggle with managing inflation Uh, attracting new customers, retaining current customers, and keeping workers engaged and productive. So obviously for a lot of businesses, inflation is an issue, especially I feel like if you are connected to anything where there's transportation involved in the business or you've got supply chain and you're ordering inventory and products that are coming in that are being affected by high energy prices, those are headwinds that you have to deal with as a business owner and ultimately, that leads to usually a higher prices. And at some point, they feel like, you know, uh, buyers are going to get exhausted, fatigued with those higher prices. Maybe in Oregon, they'll get tired of the uh, paying those higher gas prices so that those uh, gas pumpers can get those uh, those big uh, payments hourly. But uh, at some point, there's going to be have to be some adjustments there. Uh, yeah. And that's I mean, that's why you're an entrepreneur. You, you've got to get creative. Like there's a can't remember which one, a big mortgage company I just saw an ad for. They're getting creative. They said, if you buy a home right now and rates drop within the next five years, we'll do a refi with no closing costs. Like, like get creative. Yes. Find a way to, to beat the inflation. And make great guarantees. Guarantees that you can fulfill, that you can stick with, that are not going to ruin you financially. But those guarantees are, are huge for us. We've always said, hey, we're going to have a best funding guarantee that on the entire marketplace of options out there, we're going to get the business owner the best funding possible 
at Seven Figures Funding, and that's always been something that's been important to us. We can look them in the eye and say, hey, you're not getting a better deal elsewhere, and then constantly working to make sure that we back up that guarantee. So use guarantees, guys, in your business. It will pay off. Well, let's transition into the sports segment here. We've got uh, two tiers to the sports here. Let's start with the uh, World Cup, Argentina-France. So this was crazy. I, I uh, woke up my... Uh, my two uh, two of my boys, my ten year old, thirteen year old, we ran down to the to the theater room and we turned the game on. And yeah, we didn't know what to expect. A lot of the times, a World Cup final or any championship game doesn't always go the best. Can be kind of boring. But this one, it starts out. Argentina is up two zero. They're playing really well, and you're thinking, oh, this game is over. They've they've done well. Messi, you know, scored uh, scored on a on a penalty kick, and then this uh, this uh, Di Maria guy, boy, he he played really well. And I found out he'd been on the bench the last three games for Argentina. Comes clutch. That's what's awesome when somebody. It's like it's like uh, one of your you know employees who's been with you forever just starts killing it. Um, love to see that. And so in this game, you know, they're playing really well, and then all of a sudden. This Mbappe guy, who's 23 years old, super young, extraordinary player for France, all of a sudden scores two goals in three minutes. It's 2-2, and like, oh my gosh. So, all right, now they're going to go to overtime, extra time as they call it in the World Cup. They go into extra time, and there's two 15-minute halves, and, and where Argentina was getting their butts kicked at the end of regulation, now the first overtime, the first extra time, Argentina plays really well, and then uh, Messi... Uh, makes a great pass, and, and the guy uh, shoots, goes off the keeper, and then Messi's left, left-handed, left left-footed. He kicks it with his right foot in. Now they're up 3-2. to two. Okay, it looks like they're going to win. And then with just a, a couple minutes left, Mbappe gets another penalty kick, tied 3-3. So it ends at 3-3, and now they go to penalty kicks. What's, what, are your, what are your thoughts when you see it go to penalty kicks, and do you feel like that's a great way to decide a great soccer game? Yeah, absolutely. Like, why on earth would you ever end a soccer game in a tie? Which they do in group play. Yeah, and, and like, I, I've been to a couple Real Salt Lake games, two of them. They both ended in a tie. One was 0-0, which is asinine. Like, <laughs> you should never have to pay to go to a sporting event and have it end 0-0. Oh, that makes me want to vomit. That is insane. Like, that is absolutely crazy. But... To back that, this game was awesome. I think it's the first soccer game I've ever enjoyed, right. other than when I played FIFA. Like yeah. Di Maria, he's yeah. the OG. I yeah. think he was on the game in like FIFA 18, so yeah. that dude must yeah. be old. Yeah, he's good. But uh, good for him to sticking around. But, yeah, I mean, that that was exciting. And the commentators even said a lot of people think that these penalty shootouts are just flipping a coin to see who wins, but there's actually a lot of dude, strategy, strategy, a lot of skill, a lot that goes into it. So then why don't we – and every tie like that. We should. And, God, I mean, we've we've gone across the country to soccer tournaments. We'll go all the way to Portland, Vegas, Phoenix, wherever it is, California, and literally we'll end the game in a tie. And I'm like, we, so we spent all this money. We brought our son here, and we're going to end in a tie. Just, yeah, it makes me want to vomit. So in this game, they go to the, uh, the penalty kicks. We talked about this last week, how the difference between Neymar and uh, Messi, how Neymar – didn't start the penalty kicks off for Brazil, and Brazil lost. He didn't even get to take one. He was the final kick, should have should have led and been the first. And in this game, we saw both Mbappe and Messi both led their teams, both came out on their penalty kicks, and both nailed them. 
So they set the stage, but the winning play happened with Argentina's keeper, who played amazing. And to to get a stop, no, I mean, I've got a son who's a goalkeeper. It's hard on those free kicks. They're super close. Even if you guess the right way, if they kick it good enough to the corner, you're almost never going to stop. And this guy stops one, and then he gets in the head of the other guy, and the, and the guy misses it, and he would have stopped that one too because he, uh, he was out there so far and picked the right way. So amazing uh, goalkeeper play. Now, one of the interesting things you'll see in soccer is, is uh, the keeper for France, he would just guess and go. And if he went too early, like Messi scored two penalty kicks in this game, he literally could see him out of the corner of his eye. He's going right, he kicks it left. Oh, he's going left, kicks it right. But the Argentina keeper does what my son does. He doesn't guess. He waits because sometimes they'll kick it right in the middle and you'll stop it. And, in fact, the, the second kicker for Argentina kicked it right down the middle, but the dude had already bailed to the other side, the France keeper, so he was nowhere near it. So I think that's a strategy that if you're a goalkeeper, you want to pay attention to that. But that ultimately won it. Has it been, like, scientifically proven that if they kick it at full power, like, there's not enough reaction time for a keeper? Or why are they guessing? Like, I think that's true. If they kick it perfectly, but that's the thing. You're a human being with, you know, billions of people watching around the planet. You're not perfect. You might not be able to put it right in that corner. If you try to put it too close to the corner, you'll miss it. So that's why, ultimately, Marcus believes that you're better off waiting, and that's what this Argentina keeper did. And he got uh, one stop, and then he went the right way on the second one, and, uh, and ultimately that guy missed the entire goal. And so Argentina wins 4-2 to two on penalty kicks. Um, my takeaways, amazing World Cup final. I don't always, I haven't always watched the World Cup over the last uh, 20 years, but this one I did watch more of, and it was, it was pretty cool. And uh, Qatar did a great job. Uh, the average person in Qatar, by the way, makes ninety-three grand a year. The average U.S. person, uh, citizen, makes like uh, sixty-three thousand a year. So Qatar apparently has got a lot of money with uh, natural gas and oil, the third largest uh, reserves apparently in the world. So a ton of money over in that country. But yeah, it was uh, phenomenal. Messi is now being crowned as the greatest of all time. But I wouldn't hold my breath there. The way Mbappe played. Over the next decade, if he plays like he did this World Cup in the last few years, I think he'll be the best of all time in short order. And I loved watching that kid. He got awarded like the MVP of the whole World Cup tournament. He didn't even care. He's like grabbing it by the ball swing. He had this look of disgust. He was just pissed off the whole time. That kid's a champion. Yeah, that was exciting. I, I don't have a lot of input to offer on, on soccer, but that guy was amazing. And the one thing that I did notice... I don't know. I can't remember if you and I were talking about, I was talking to someone about um, some big psychologist talks a ton about how you can read at when, when a pressure situation arises, the eyes say everything. Oh yeah. And you could totally yes. tell like both Messi and Mbappe when they were going up to take those kicks, their totally eyes was like, could. there is zero doubt. But then that first one got saved for Argentina. The, I looked at that kid's eyes and oh, I said, he's going to miss. Those kids from France he, were like, you knew those weren't going yeah. in. Like, it's yeah. wild. It's so true. Mindset, guys. Mindset, for sure. All right, let's talk about Week 15, which was a crazy week in the NFL. Crazy week. It was. It was. We, uh, we had Saturday games, which were fantastic. Um, they, they do that a lot this time of the year. They'll play some Saturday, Saturday games. games. And we had the largest comeback of all time, oh my which goodness. was awesome. So the Vikings yeah. are playing the Colts. The Colts aren't good this year. There's really no hope left for them. Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor, one of their best players, gets hurt. Like, 
what's going on? They they jump out to a thirty three nothing halftime lead. Thirty three to nothing. And I mean you've got you've got Matty Ice at quarterback. There's no possible way that the Vikings are coming Wait, back, right? Lightning like, striking twice, Ty? <laughs> <laughs> Matty Ice isn't gonna let it happen again, but before you know it, and, and you could kind of feel the energy. Like, oh, I actually you, texted it's, you. It's a game of momentum. I placed yeah. a bet at the end of the, the first quarter. There was, this like, is incredible, guys. already no this. chance that ESPN was saying no chance Vikings come back. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Colts are bad. Vikings are notorious. Let, let's just throw, throw a few hundred dollars down on them covering a 12-and-a-half-point spread and then another 50 on them flat-out winning. I'm not going to lie. Halftime hit. They're down 33 nothing. It was up to 99% chance of the Colts winning. I'm like, oh, boy, this is over. But, you know, it was already bet, so let, let's stick with it. Vikings come out strong, like looked like a yeah. totally different team, and Colts can't do anything. They're just falling apart. What did that head coach say at halftime? Who knows, but it worked out. Yeah, absolutely, um, which was shocking. The Vikings have everything to lose here, and the Colts have yeah. nothing to gain by winning that. But Vikings end up coming back, and – getting it into overtime and end up beating the Colts and completing the largest NFL comeback in history. In a regular season, 33 points. And uh, I feel bad for Matty Ice. He now has the uh, unfortunate distinction of losing the biggest uh, lead ever in a Super Bowl to the Patriots and Tom Brady. And now, same thing, losing the biggest lead ever in a regular season game. So unfortunate uh, for him. Yeah, poor guy. Um, but that that was very exciting. Made a few hundred bucks right there. That was a good game. And then the uh, the Dolphins and the Bills Saturday night in the snow in Buffalo in the I mean, snow. Both quarterbacks played amazing in that weather. Yeah, absolutely. And it's dropping a ton of snow in the middle of the game. You know, usually like it falls before and they kind of clear it. And oh, it snowed and it's cold. But hey, they cleared the field up. This is this is going on during the game. Yeah, and there's so much snow in the stands that like. Fans had to stand. There was so much snow they couldn't even maneuver, and they were building little snowmen. And (laughs) in the beginning of the game, they were all throwing snowballs. Like Miami's down in the red zone, and they're throwing a pass into the the end zone, and literally, like, they're throwing snowballs in the middle of the game, (laughs) which I in my fantasy chat was like, this is bullshit. Like, can you imagine trying to catch a football while getting pelted with a snowball? And I have a good friend that's a big Bills fan, and he's like, oh, give me a break. You put us on a hot sideline. I'm like, that... They will absolutely make an announcement and tell them to knock it off with the snowballs. And he's calling me a pansy. He's like, there's no way they make an announcement. Within five minutes, they stopped the game and literally threatened, you if you throw removed. a snowball, you're going to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's – they were throwing them at Dolphins players out. on the sideline. Yeah. Bill's Mafia, shame on you. Yeah. No, that's terrible. Yeah. But, but, uh, but a great game. It, it was. A great game. It and, was. And the Dolphins had that game for a minute there in the fourth quarter. They did. They're, I'm not going to – Put it on that call because the ref doesn't determine the whole game. There were that that was a very tough non-call on that Jalen Waddle PI. But fact of the matter is Miami punted it, had the Bills down on their own five. Josh Allen orchestrated a drive that used a ton of time. They kicked the field goal as time expired. And as a major Dolphins fan, I'm actually okay with this loss. Reason being, for the first time ever in my life, I think Stephen A. Smith and I yeah, agree on something. Yeah, you guys agreed on that. Finally. But what this did, number one, you're never going to beat the Bills three times in a row. Yeah. Miami beat them early on in the season. I can't think of any team beating another team three times in a row in, in a season ever. Unless you're the Bengals. Here, here's the here's an example. The year the Tom Brady and the Bucks won the Super Bowl, well, their their second game was against the Saints. And the Saints had trashed them twice in the regular season. Trashed them. 
I was like 38 to three, their, their second game, killing them. And you know, what happens? The Bucks come out, win that game, and then go on to win the Super Bowl. Very difficult to beat a team three times in a year. Absolutely, especially twice in a row in Buffalo. Oh, yeah. And so what this game showed me is Miami actually can go win a game in Buffalo. Like they had that game won, a few minor tweaks, maybe sticking with the run game a little bit more, maybe getting a, a healthy Eric Rowe back to kind of shadow and spy Josh Allen. But it showed Miami can win in Buffalo. A lot of people are hoping for game three between those two because the first two have been awesome. They have been um, I'm excited to see it happen. Hopefully, those, those two seem like uh, good friends. I don't know if they've like hung out like outside of, of football games, but it seems like Tua and Josh Allen really have a lot of respect for each other. They do, and I mean, just being the same age, being yeah. around each other a lot in different quarterback camps and and the drafts and and whatnot. There's just been a lot of time together, a lot of comparisons between the two. So I I think that's going to be a pretty fun that I'm not going to say it's Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, but it, it's going to be a really fun rivalry well, to watch. Fun because we get to see it twice a year. Every yeah. Year, so, because they're in the same division. And I'm thinking awesome. it's going to be a third yeah. time for quite a few years as well. We might yeah. see Bill's Dolphins. Yeah. Those are going to be two of the best quarterbacks moving forward. All right. Then we've got, uh, we've got uh, Eagles and Chiefs. They continue to win, uh, although the Chiefs had to do an overtime. Dude, what about the Eagles? Man, they just. When was the last time they had a competitive game? Yeah, it's been a few weeks. Oh, wow. They're they're looking really good. Hurts, uh, uh, Jalen Hurts is apparently injured, so he's not playing against the Cowboys. Sprained his uh, right throwing shoulder, so so that that's, that's going to be concerning. interesting. How, the Texans two weeks ago take Dallas to overtime. Yeah. Last week take the Chiefs to overtime. Yeah, the NFL is just competitive. Hats off to Coach Lovey Smith for digging deep and and finding a way to motivate a team that's a one ten team. Like that's, that's yeah, good coaching. And like I said last week, the Jacksonville Jaguars are a very, yes, very scary, hot team that you should be worried about if they make the yeah. playoffs. They, they just beat Dallas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very they, impressive. They looked really good. Boy, Trevor Lawrence, every time he's – and he's he was down quite a bit, at least two touchdowns in that game and still came back to win it. He was down uh, another – was it uh, was it the Chargers, I want to say? He was down another game, yeah. came back to win that one, and was super clutch, threw a touchdown pass with like 10 seconds to go. Like, yeah, he's he's turned a corner, and that hire of Doug Peterson as the head coach for Jacksonville, uh, boy, he's Trevor Lawrence is super grateful for that hire. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think we have to talk about the Raiders-Patriots game, right? Oh, 100%. Like, you know, we, we've got Scotty in the corner. Uh, a tried and, and true Patriots fan here. Loves those Patriots. And, you know, well-coached team, a Bill Belichick coached team. It's 24-24. to 24. Patriots uh, run a draw. Oh, maybe they can get in a field goal range and, and uh, you know, kick a field goal as time expires. But what happens? So what happens is I'm thinking, oh, this is going into overtime. So I yeah. go out into my garage, yeah. uh, sitting in the garage, and Marie's like, Ty, like what? She's like, some guy named like Riondre Stevenson just did something crazy. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, they lost the game. And I smile because I've been in an AFC East as a Dolphins fan forever. And I just, it's programmed to not like the Patriots and to want them to lose. So I smile like, what do you mean? I come inside and realize it wasn't Stevenson. Stevenson obviously should not have pitched the ball back to Jacoby yeah. Myers. But as time is expiring, 
The game is tied. The Patriots aren't losing. Yeah. They run a draw. Pretty much when you're running a draw at that point in the game, it's let's run a little play and get into overtime. Stevenson breaks it off, and he's gone maybe 20, 25 yards, decides, I'm going to get tackled. I'm going to pitch it back. Picks it to Jacoby Myers. And I don't know if Jacoby instinctively was like, why did he pitch to me? Oh, shoot, are we losing? So he gets it in a panic, throws the ball back across the field, trying to throw it back to Mac Jones, who no chance. He's not Mac paying did. attention. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's time for overtime. Oddly enough, the expatriate Chandler Jones picks it off, just forearm shivers Mac Jones to the ground, and runs in for a touchdown. <laughs> Which, how suspect is that? You're in the gambling headquarters of America. Las and Vegas. you throw the ball to your ex-teammate as time's expiring when you're tied. Like, the NFL should probably investigate you're that. You're on the sideline, and you say, hey, let's make a little joint uh, venture here, right? I got my bookie on the phone. <laughs> the, the next Bill Belichick gate, Vegas gate. Let's, let's open uh, this one up. That was, that was puzzling. In Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, maybe the, the worst ending ever for a team. I mean, has there been a worse ending? I I mean, I the only one I can think I of is when Miami Miami yeah. just punked New England. The, and but that was such an amazing, like, extraordinary play that, you know, Gronk, uh, Gronk couldn't make the tackle there, but it was just run so perfectly. Like, yeah. you, you could go out and practice that in a practice situation, and a thousand times that might never happen. Like, it was just orchestrated so perfectly. It wasn't planned. And uh, oh. and just well executed by the Dolphins in that play, but this one was just so poorly executed by by the by the Patriots. Can you imagine being a Pats fan at that game? Oh so, my gosh! So it's so the two worst endings ever in a regular season football game belong to Bill Belichick coached Patriots. <laughs> just bizarre. And the only the only other one that comes to mind as far as like being a fan and watching your team lose in this fashion that would just hurt. I've got to give it to Nick Saban on that field goal attempt that Auburn, they're trying to kick a field goal to win yeah. the game. It's a long field yeah. goal. Auburn catches it because it didn't make catches it to the goal it post. In the, end the zone. very back of the end zone yep. and returns it 109 yep. yards yep. to yep. win the game. Like, yeah, that was, that was pretty bad. That's probably, that's probably there was also there. that uh, Hail Mary one, uh, the, the Seahawks against Green Bay in oh, the regular yeah. season, when it was like Ty goes to the runner and it was completely intercepted and, and – uh, Remember Steve Young was talking about him. He's looked at him like, no, no, and, and they like gave the yeah. gave the win to the Seahawks. That was pretty funny. That was brutal. Well, should we do the uh, the my figures power ranking here? Uh, we better. All yeah. right. I haven't seen the SPNs yet. Let's let's quickly we, what see we what. Uh, here. I mean, who's who's hot? I mean, you got to say Cincinnati's hot. Dallas is disappointed two weeks in a row, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, when I was thinking about this, I've, I've definitely got to shake it up a little bit, but yeah. I'm going to give you my my revised top five here. So, heading into uh, week 16, right? Week 16. Heading we into week 16. we got three weeks left. we got three weeks left in the season. And, you know, i got to say, hey, Christmas is on Sunday, so be good. Go to church on Sunday. But big blessings. we got a lot of football games on Sunday and Saturday, so Christmas Eve and Christmas are going to be better than ever. Amen. Amen. So, here we go. Haters are going to hate again because guess what? Philly is what not the number one team what? in my power rankings anymore. Who you, who you got? I've got to go with Joe. The Cincinnati Bengals 
are the number one ranked team right now in my power rankings. They are maybe even my favorite to win the Super Bowl. Dude, they destroyed the Bucks. They're getting healthy. They're the Bucks. a hot team. Joe Burrow's got the clutch. Team. I see they were down seventeen to zero this week. I mean, I, yeah, I didn't get to watch that game. They were down. They were down seventeen to zero, and the Bucks defense was doing really well, putting pressure. But you just have so much faith in a guy like Joe. Joe Burrow, he's just going to make the adjustments, make the pivots, and it wasn't, I swear, it was five minutes into the third quarter, and it was 2017. Like, it happened that fast. That's what I was reading about it, looking at the stat lines and whatnot, and then I got to see the replays of the touchdowns and everything in the game, and it was, I'm not betting against Joe Burrow this year. I I think they're the best team right now, best complete team right now. I mean, the guy that I put ahead of him typically is Patrick Mahomes, but he owns Mahomes. He's won three in a row, including the AFC Championship last year. Like, he's not afraid of anybody. No. If you're going to put and, – and you know what's interesting? Almost always, and this has been the case going back decades, the team that loses the Super Bowl oftentimes does not make the playoffs the next year. And this, this season started out like that. I'm like, oh, maybe they're having a little – you know, the Super Bowl loss uh, hangover that happens, but this guy, this guy is such a great leader, such a great player. Exactly, exactly. So, John, I'm, I'm going to – I'll give my big explanation on why they're number one, and I'm going to power through this now. So I know we're running low on time. So I've got Bengals number one. I've got the Philadelphia Eagles at number two. Might be a Super Bowl preview right there. I've got the Kansas City Chiefs at number three. Buffalo Bills at number four. And I'm finally going to do it. I'm semi-sold, not fully sold. Don't don't get me wrong. Semi-sold. I'll put the 49ers at number five just because of how strong that defense is and how good of a coach Shanahan is. And you got to take your hat off to this kid. I mean, he's Mr. executing. Irrelevant, and he comes out there and he makes the throws. And it's not just right, you know, in between the the hashes. Like he's throwing it to the sidelines. He's, he's making, making his checkdowns. Like he's, it's. Getting to the third, fourth option on the route tree, like super impressive. And he kid. finally did it on the road, which is why I'm. You see his dad. I think him. his dad looks like he was a football coach. He just has that look. He just yeah. His dad's in the in the audience there, just crying, sobbing, like, oh, I can't believe it. And I I totally get it. That's awesome. oh, I'd do the same. Yeah. Hats off to Purdy, his dad, and and the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan. Man, that guy is a coach. And I think John Lynch is an amazing evaluator of talent as the GM. Yeah. And it sounds like they're going to have Debo back for the playoffs. So yes. that, that's going to be – That's a dangerous team. A, a and dangerous Christian McCaffrey, team. he's like, oh, I finally have a great offensive line and a great team and a great coach. Like, he's got yeah. everything I, he needs. I've got to keep team. him at five, though. I keep him at five because I still don't think in crunch time they're going to go to Dallas or go to unless, Philadelphia and win a game. Unless this kid ends up being Tom Brady, which, hey, maybe he can. But the yeah. odds are definitely – not in his favor. Very true. Especially if they have to go to Philadelphia, like you said, Philadelphia, Dallas, um, even if they go to Minnesota. Which although, at this point, it's could, looking like the well only place they may have to go is Philadelphia. Like, it, it is, yeah. yeah. So it's going to be wild. But they'll be the what, – what, what are they going to be? They'll win the NFC West, right? It, oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And, and it's based on their schedule. They very likely could win out, yeah. which would put them at the two seed. The way oh. I break it down, because oh. Philly and Dallas still play. Yeah. Like they, they oh, could, you're right. They're going to hurt each other. and Yeah. Yeah, they could end up number two. So it would really be whether they'll either be three or they'll be two, depending on how Minnesota kind of mm-hmm. ends the year. Yep. 
Good stuff, guys. Good stuff in the sports. A lot of exciting stuff going on. we got to take advantage of this. There's only three weeks left in the regular season, so we're going to definitely be talking about that. And uh, let's see. We've got uh, four minutes left. We've got uh, family, mindset, politics. Uh, we've got to choose one of these, and then, we'll, and then we'll talk about the business plan training. So one of these three, what should we go with here? Let's talk family. I'm going to have a son today or tomorrow. Let's, let's talk Let's talk family. family. All right, so our family segment, what is the most important truth to teach your children? And, you know, it's interesting. I've been, I've been a dad now for 19 and a half years. My, my oldest, I've got five kids. My oldest was born in, you know, June 2nd of 2003. My gosh, Lucas is, is 19 and a half here. Crazy how fast uh, time passes. My youngest is Nick. Nick is five. He'll be six on January 4th. So there's been a lot that I would do differently, you know, having now been a dad for a long time. But I'll say this. I think the most important truth and the most important, and there's so many important things. There's values and principles. There's teaching your kids work ethic. There's teaching them to treat others, you know, kindly, to, you know, follow Jesus Christ's example and, and make people better, be a great leader, uh, don't allow people to bully you, all these different things. But I think the one thing that is the most helpful for children is they have to learn to love to read. And hopefully it's reading out a book, maybe it's even listening to a book on Audible, but if they can learn the habit of reading great books, of being curious, of finding solutions and learning through great books, that one concept will ensure their success more than any other. Now, luckily, Lucas has always loved to read. He's reading these thousand-page books. Um, there's this amazing author, Brandon Sanderson. I bet John knows all about him here uh, just down the street. He's got he's built this whole universe uh, of amazing characters and, and uh, books, um, he's pretty amazing. So Lucas loves those books, so many books. And because he loves to read, he's going to enjoy it. Now, my daughter, I couldn't get her to read for the life of me. And I don't know what happened, but she's been doing homeschooling since the pandemic, and she's a senior in high school. And a year ago, out of the blue, I couldn't get her to read any books. I'm telling you, this girl had read no books her entire life. All of a sudden, she's like, oh, I really want to read this book. So she reads it, and it's like a 400-page book. I'm like, Gosh. Oh, Dad, can I get these other four books? It's part of a series. Sure, honey. You can buy any book you want on, on Amazon. Buys a bunch of books. Reads them. And and uh, and she's been reading like 500-page books every single day and has bought probably 300 books in the last year, and I'm so excited. She is not doing great at school. She is not going to go, co go to college, but she is going to be very successful as a writer, an author, a screenplay, something in that, in that uh, avenue. Uh, my my third third child Marcus he's uh, he does a lot of reading but he does it through Audible but he loves reading. My fourth son Jonas I'm struggling but but in my house I'm trying to make it if you want something you've got to read books because yes it's, and, and you still have to do home chores you still have to learn work ethic but the work ethic is part of it. But if you don't learn to read, you're not going to be able to make good decisions in life. You're not going to be able to find solutions and learn new skills and become an expert. So. That's my, that's my takeaway. The most important thing, other than the values and principles you teach your children, is that if they can learn how to love reading and being curious to learn new things, 
that I think that one thing will ensure their success more than any other. And that's what I found in my life. Because after college, I didn't do any reading until I was 32 and failing a business in a life. I'm like, why am I not reading? I read Think and Grow Rich. Now it's been 500 books since then. And I attribute all of the success that's happened in my life since that point to reading great books because that's what you learn. That's where you change your life. It's not education in school. Exactly. Because, Leo, how much would it cost to sit down and have Tony Robbins give you a one-on-one session for an hour? hundred grand. hundred grand. But you can spend $12 and get his book that is literally his one-on-one training to you for an hour and read it over and over and over and over. So there's so much value. But I like what you said because everyone's a little bit different with reading because I was one. I couldn't, like... I could obviously read, but I I do have some ADHD and especially as a kid really struggled with it. And my reading comprehension was terrible. Like I could read the pages, but I would be thinking about something totally different while I was reading. And then I learned that, okay, my dad started reading to me and all of a sudden I was comprehending everything because I would listen to him and visualize it and start to get my imagination. And so I'm one that has to listen to books, which I think sometimes people look at that as, oh, you're listening, you're not actually reading, it doesn't count. But I think it's just a modern-day technology that we have that we can take advantage of. So I think it's important as a parent to figure out how your child thinks and what's going to impact them the strongest and and go with that route. Because I wish I would have found out very early on that I need to listen to books, and now that's what I do, and that's all I do. 80%, maybe 90% of the books I've read in the last 500, Audible. Yeah. Because... The biggest thing is, and and guy I follow and mentor who mentors me a lot is Patrick Bet David, and this guy said his his he lo- used to love rap. His uh, knowledge about rap stops in two thousand three because that's when he's like, when I'm in the car, when I'm working, when I'm doing anything, I'm not listening to music. I'm listening to a book, and I'm constantly learning, and that's a secret to success right there. If you want to dominate twenty twenty three. Make a goal to read and then implement what you learn from these books and then take time to write it down. But even if you don't, and I haven't always done that, I mean, I've learned so much in these books. Just just learning how to think like a Tony Robbins, a Patrick Bet David, whoever it is that you want to learn from, it will absolutely transform and change your life. So that, that's I don't know this, Leo, because like you said, sometimes people, if they're like, oh, you're listening, you're not you taking, you're not really absorbing it. But with Audible... You can pause it, highlight a section, leave a note on that section, and then go back through that book and, and see like what you highlighted and what you notated. Like Audible has all of that set up. I love Audible. It's pretty cool. Probably the most frustrating moment of my life was when I was trying to buy a book on Audible and they had moved to the little credit system instead of just charging my card and I couldn't get a damn credit. I'm like, why the hell can't I get a credit? Finally figured out how to buy like three of them. So every time I get a chance, I'm always buying the credit just in case so I don't get locked <laughs> out of, of buying a book. But like dyslexia is real and, and, and one of my kids uh, deals with that. Like all these things are real. What's important is that you get the knowledge. Yep. So if you're listening to Audible, I consume way more books that way. I still try to physically read a book here and there or take it with me. And, and sometimes I'll listen to it on Audible and then I'll buy the book and I'll kind of double up, and a lot of my, my kids will listen to the book on Audible while following it. That's a great way of doing it. But the important thing is that you get it, whether it's listening and obviously YouTube, right? And we're on YouTube right now. Um, I, I watch a lot of YouTube, and I learn a lot. But that's super important too, right? You have to teach your children 
And I'm working on this with Jonas, my 10-year-old, not to watch just waste the time crap that you don't learn anything on YouTube, but actually go to the stuff that you're going to learn something from on YouTube. Amen. Well, final reminder, Leo, you want to let everyone know? Guys, 2023 business plan training. Click on the link below. Get scheduled for free. We're going to give out the business uh, plan training workshop slides and an actual template that you can follow step-by-step -step to create your 2023 business plan. Make it your breakthrough year, guys. Thanks for being a part of us. And guys, if you got value from this show, share it with friends, family, others you're in business with or want to do business with. Like that's the one rule, like we're not running a, a bunch of ads or anything like this. The, the rule is if you are getting value, share the show, share it with others, share it with people that you love and want to see succeed. Thank you for joining us on the Go Figure podcast. If you learned something that will help your business or family, take 30 seconds and give us a five star. If we added value to your day, then share the show with someone who wants to get their money right and be sure to subscribe to the Seven Figures Funding YouTube channel. If you're a business owner and a parent committed to getting your money right for your family, then check out the MyFigures.com money app with a free 30-day trial to manage your money, track your net worth, and build a profit-first business through our fintech platform. God bless, and we'll see you next time on the Go Figure podcast.